There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the next edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I am your host, Spencer the Wizard Grossinger. We are in the dog days of summer, August 2012, and we have just wrapped up the Olympics in London. But right now, uh, whether you're at the beach, whether you're just relaxing with family, barbecuing, making some burgers, or whatever you're doing in summer, I'm glad that you're listening to the show. I am here with three lifelong friends, and this is the mobile edition of Bruce the Sports Doc in Wiz City. Today on the show, we'll be talking about some preseason football. We'll also be talking about the latest blockbuster trade in the National Basketball Association, as Dwight Howard is now a Los Angeles Laker. And we will talk about the front line of Dwight and Pau Gasol and how dominant the Lakers will be, but also some Sixers basketball. We got to talk about their rising stock in the NBA. So um, right now I'm going to introduce our guest analyst today. Um, First, in the middle, in a black shirt, we have Thomas Ticker Fockerzada. Hello, folks. That is Thomas, and that is his punchline, and here's Will Pedrick. Yeah, how's it going? This is my uh, third time being on the show. I'm really happy. Uh, you know, I might talk more than the other guys just because I'm a veteran here. He is experienced, and he knows what he is doing, so he'll lead the Young Bucks on their debut. And this is Andrew Nad Carney. How's it going? First time uh, guest, long time fan. I'm happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem. And uh, he's one of our most loyal listeners, especially back in uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So uh, it's an honor to have him on the show. And it's an honor to be, of course, with my co-host and my biological father, Bruce the Sports Doc, Dr. Bruce. Yes, I just want to make an announcement on national radio that actually you were adopted. But I wanted to, uh, I wanted to thank the uh, listeners. Who's my, cha- who's my father, Jay Z? Uh, could be, but we want to keep things very uh, sensitive, so to speak. So uh, we have a great staff here, and it's going to be sports roundup. We're starting off with as we rumble into the preseason games number two and three, two slash three, before meaningless game number four, and we've got a very interesting eclectic group here to lead our discussion. There will be a segment for all of you sports med aficionados later in the show. Please wait for treatment of headaches. 99% of you people suffer from headaches. The other 1% are very lucky. This is my co-host, Spencer the Wizard, and take it away. Oh, you nailed that. Good job. All right. So anyway, we're going to first talk about some NBA basketball and we're going to talk about really the makeout of the league because the balance of power in the NBA has shifted west. And by west, I mean as far west you can go in this country, Los Angeles, California, the Los Angeles Lakers, Jack Nicholas or Jack Nicholson, excuse me, and those Los Angeles Lakers fans will be enjoying Dwight Howard, Pau Gasol, Kobe, Thomas, what are your thoughts about the Los Angeles Lakers competing for an NBA championship? 
You know, I think the Lakers this year are going to be a real powerhouse. They really transitioned very well. They got um, Dwight Howard, the most dominant center in the league. Bynum was good, but, you know, they weren't really doing too much with him. Um, this past season was a, disappoint- a disappointment for the L.A. fans. Um, and as Kobe is grow- growing older, you know, I mean, I think that he's got to, you know, do a lot of he's going to be retiring soon so Los Angeles had to make a move and they just made it you know so I think this definitely puts them in a championship contention yeah I, I definitely agree because if you look at the the team that won the championship the Miami Heat their big presence down low was Chris Bosh and he has kind of ventured out into kind of a shooting power forward and he doesn't really post up that much and he doesn't really score that much really inside just from point blank range so if you look at Dwight Howard and Pal Gasol they can dominate the paint versus the defending champion Heat and their front line is the best in the NBA because no no team like Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City um, Russell Westbrook was able to drive on the Lakers last year and get to the rim at will but with Dwight Howard he's going to be forced to throw up difficult floaters and will not be able to really attack the rim the way he used to. So I just think the front line, if they stay out of foul trouble during games and no one gets injured, um, I think they're a very dangerous team. And their point guard, Steve Nash, I think he's really the X factor. If he plays close to where he always has been, I think that they look to them um, to, to, host, to hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy. Um, so Will Pedrick, he's our Sixers guy. Uh, Philly boy, born and raised. Um, and he's going to talk about the Sixers now and the new makeup of this squad. Well, I think the Sixers are going to be very good this year. I think that uh, I'm someone who believes that Bynum is a better center than Dwight Howard, and I think that for the Lakers, I think that this won't be a year that they'll be a championship contender. I think they're going to need to work out the kinks, especially because Dwight Howard for his entire career has been used to being the man on his team. He's used to being the best player. And although Kobe's a great player, a lot of people think he's selfish. And with all the other scoring options that are now on the Lakers, I think it's going to be tough for all of them to mesh. So uh, back to the Sixers, I think that Bynum coming... Although I've always loved Iguodala, I think that this is a great trade for the Sixers because Bynum will really allow uh, the whole team to feel comfortable with uh, the defense because every team needs a strong backbone. Just like Tyson Chandler coming to the Knicks, that helped their defense out a ton because he's able to, you know, if someone gets past the guy, the point guard, he's able to block shots or he's scary. They want to put up floaters instead of drive to the rim. Any guy like that, like Bynum, he doesn't want to score that much. He doesn't have to. He doesn't get have to get so many looks. But he's going to be a big defensive presence. He's good at setting screens. He's a powerful guy, and he can make free throws usually. So uh, I think the, the future is looking bright for the Sixers. Nick Young is a great player. I think that he's mostly like a, a better Lou Williams. I mean, he can run a gun. He likes to shoot. He likes the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter. And we've seen him hit some big shots, especially from the corner. That's his spot. So uh, I think I'm really happy about the Sixers right now. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. You look at last year's Sixers team, and for them, 
to beat Chicago. Of course, they didn't have Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah, and that's probably the reason they were able to hold on and win. But you got to still play the game, so you got to give credit to the Sixers. And then they took Boston to seven games. Last year, in my opinion, they hit their ceiling. They hit their potential. There was nowhere else they were going to go. They weren't going to even win one game versus the Heat. Maybe, well, they did one year ago when Lou Williams hit that miracle three-pointer. But they're not going to contend with the Heat, and they're not going to win a championship. So I thought that they really reached their ceiling as a team. They exceeded expectations, and... With Iguodala as their star player, they're not going to win a championship. Just flat out simple, you cannot win a championship. You cannot achieve your ultimate goal. So for them to go out and get Andrew Bynum and now have a new look about their team, and I completely agree with you on defense, Kevin Garnett last year killed them in the Celtics series. They didn't have a power forward that can really grab rebounds or a true center. Spencer Hawes. He, he's weak down low. He's a European-style point guard who's a finesse guy, but he's not going to bang and get the rebounds. He's soft down low. He's skillful but very soft. So for them to get Andrew Bynum, uh, it really filled the void that they had. And I, I look to them to be in the top five of the Eastern Conference for sure. Um, if Derrick Rose comes back healthy for Chicago, I still look at them as a team that will meet up with Miami in the conference finals. But the Sixers are right there now. And um, the NBA is very interesting. Um, right now, we still have a couple more minutes. And since we're talking about sports, the most popular sport right now, especially in America, is American football and preseason football. And um, so, um, Taco, what are your thoughts about preseason football? And, Carney, you're welcome to jump in at any time. Thanks. Just happy to be here. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about this preseason because there are a lot of different things going on around the league, a lot of different stories. First, I'm going to talk about the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, I think they are going to do great things this year. I'm really excited about them. They've corrected a lot of their um, defensive uh, mistakes from last year. Uh, they filled the, the spots that they need, especially in middle linebacker D'Amico Ryans. So I'm really excited about the Eagles. Also, a bunch of other really interesting storylines around the NFL. Peyton Manning in Denver uh, starting his first year uh, over there. I'm just really excited to see him. In his first preseason game, he had a, he had, uh, played pretty well. Second one, not so well. I'm really interested to see how he's going to do this season. And I'm interested to see the third game and how he does in that one under the pressure of coming off a poor performance in week two. Um, also, uh, the New York Jets quarterback situation is really interesting. Um you know, you watch practice tapes and um, other th things like that, and Mark Sanchez will outperform Tebow every single time. But when you get to the games, Tebow just ha has something about him that, you know, makes him unbelievable. You know, he, put, he goes the extra mile, goes a little bit past Mark Sanchez. For instance, in the last game, uh, he came in and he had a couple snaps and he threw an unbelievable touchdown. So, you know... A lot of interesting storylines around the league. I'm really excited about what's going to happen this year. And, yeah, it's going to be a great season. 
Yeah, that, that's a great r- um, roundup, Thomas. And uh, I really want to jump in there. I could jump into all of those topics. But right now we are up against the break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about more football because I want to address the Jets quarterback situation, give you my own spin of wizardry uh, on Wiz City. And uh, you're listening to the premiere show right now, Voice America Sports. This is the place, and this is our time right now. And uh, I'm glad that you guys are uh, buckling up for the ride. Summertime, and, uh, you know, it's, it's very exciting. We're getting into the school year, so right now, just chillax. Labor Day's coming up. Some, uh, some barbecues definitely down the road. Um, and just enjoy the summer. So we'll be right back, though, in three minutes. We're talking about more sports. I'm Spencer the Wizard. Hang tight. We'll be back in three. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now... Back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. Right in the meat of the preseason. And as we go to press here on our show, the Philadelphia Eagles have won a very meaningless game against the New England Patriots. The final score was 21-17, to but the big headline is that Michael Vick got hurt again. So, so far he's suited up in two preseason games. He's been knocked out both times here in the first quarter last week if you recall he uh kind of had a freak injury he banged his thumb on the helmet of another player and luckily there was no fracture no ligament damage tonight however despite wearing a special lightweight flak jacket for his ribs with padding he uh he was exposed to a a big hit by a New England Patriot. 
So, again, it just shows that despite all the talk about Michael Vick sliding, running out of bounds, throwing the ball away, he still waited to the last moment, even in a preseason game. And his instincts were that he wasn't going to give up. He threw it downfield, and by doing so, he was exposed to a big hit. The only bright spot in this game, really, was Nick Foles, who's a uh, rookie quarterback out of Arizona, six foot six, got all the size. Watched him a lot in college. I didn't think that he really was that mobile, but he's a big guy. And one thing about Andy Reid, he could coach up quarterbacks. And uh, it looks like this Nick Foles really knows the offense. And Nick Foles threw two touchdown passes to Clay Harbor who is a, uh, a backup wide receiver slash, I guess you could call him a tight end sort as well. So Nick Foles had a 96 quarterback rating. And then Trent Edwards, who uh, didn't play at all last year, came in to mop up in the fourth quarter. Looking at New England, they really uh, were looking past this game. They didn't play Tom Brady at all. They didn't play Brodkowski. And um, it looks like they're looking ahead to the third preseason game where they're going to play all their starters. The fourth preseason game is usually um, a game where anybody who plays in the game is guaranteed to be cut and not make the uh, the final roster of, of 53 players. So uh, this weekend we also had some other decent preseason games. That sounds like an oxymoron. In other news, the Miami Dolphins announced that rookie Ryan Tannehill will be the starting quarterback against the Houston Texans. And uh, if you watch Hard Knocks, you can see that Matt Moore was pretty lackluster as the starting quarterback last year. David Girard, who um, logged a lot of time for Jacksonville, got hurt. And so essentially... um, Ryan Tannehill won the starting job, and I think he's got the biggest upside. The coach of the Dolphins is uh, Joe Feldman, and he was asked, why would you start a rookie? And he basically said that uh, Ryan Tannehill was extremely mature, and he had a grasp of the offense, not only the running game, but also the passing game. Uh, In watching the games, it looks like Ryan Tannehill... Uh, still needs a lot of work with respect to going through his progressions. And hopefully uh, the offensive line will uh, be able to protect him. David Girard underwent a knee surgery after a week of training camp, and therefore he, he essentially opted out you know, because of that injury. If you look around the league, you'll see a lot of first- and second-year players. Cam Newton had a wonderful year. Jake Locker has been named the starting quarterback. Andy Dalton for the Cincinnati Bengals. Had a great year. Andrew Luck is going to be carrying the Indianapolis franchise after an abysmal year last year. You got RG3 in Washington. And Brandon Whedon, who is um, a 28-year-old rookie, will be starting for the Cleveland Browns. I watched Brandon Whedon play the other night, and I thought the package was, was very vanilla, so to speak. And um, he looked he looked pretty good in there, but um, they didn't really have him throwing passes really beyond uh, five to ten yard out, so it was hard to really judge him. Other news across the NFL: 
Jason Pierre-Paul was caught on a, uh, I guess, a Twitter and Facebook video, basically deep-sixing one of his teammates. Prince Akamo, can't say the guy's name very well, Akamomura, that's about as good as it's going to get, is uh, is going to be a starting um, cornerback for the Giants. And he, despite being his second-year player, uh, he was not immune to rookie hazing. Tom Coughlin uh, wasn't too abused by the whole stunt, but all the Giants laughed it off as just saying that it's, they're a very close team and uh, they were just having fun and they were uh, they were horsing around. But that uh, that made news out of the Giants camp, and I'm sure that wasn't something that made him very happy. Looking around, we also see uh, a quarterback battle heating up between Matt Flynn. Who was who played for the Packers last year had one great game with five touchdowns, and he's going to be uh, battling against Russell Wilson in Seattle. RG three played against the Detroit Lions, who have a really good defense, and in week two he uh, he didn't have a very good game. Andrew Luck, we watched that game the other night, and uh, he looked poised. There's one play where uh, I really questioned the wisdom of, of what the play call was. They had him try to run in for a touchdown from five, year, from five yards out. And um, he ducked down into the pile, barely got a touchdown. But I just wouldn't expose the franchise to that type of hit. You know, preseason really uh, is meaningless. Um, I guess my editorial comment is that being a season ticket holder for the Eagles and looking across the league, the preseason involves just a smattering of play from the starters. The quality of uh, you know the quality is poor, and once you get into the third and fourth quarter, you're looking at people who will be uh, either driving trucks or selling insurance during the regular season. Also, um, the replacement refs absolutely horrible. Uh, a really humorous play. If you want to look on YouTube, it was uh, the Buffalo Bills. Punter kicked it inside the 10. Uh, basically, the play was downed just inside the 10-yard line, and the replacement refs called it a touchback. The uh, the whole Bills coaching staff, and, and this was played at Buffalo, they, they went crazy. They threw a, they had to waste a, uh, a challenge on this call. And looking from every angle, the, the ref was right there. How could he possibly think that the ball went into the end zone? So uh, you get what you pay for. And in this case, uh, the NFL, is uh, it, it, they had their trial with synthetic laces, which I believe to be a money grab. Basically, if you recall the NBA, they had a uh, synthetic ball. That went over like a lead balloon. And now synthetic laces is the way the NFL basically trying to save money, bottom line, on production of footballs. And... Uh, I'm happy to say that the quarterbacks in the NFL uh, wanted real leather laces and, uh, you know, they insisted on on the real product. So, you know, even though the NFL is a billion-dollar league, they still price gouge their their fans in the preseason, and they tried to sneak in a uh, synthetic lace, you know, on the ball of these these players, you know, whose whole livelihood depends on, you know, how they they throw the ball. So uh, certainly – Look at the off season. We we we've we certainly had our share of uh, with the new, you know, basically New Orleans dominated 
the offseason with with the talk of the bounties and Greg Williams and the appeal by uh, Jonathan Vilma, who is a uh, defensive player. And there's talk that that his suspension may be shortened to eight games from a whole season. So there's a lot of controversy, a lot of distraction. At least there was no strike. And they had the uh, the benefit of the OTAs in the full trading camp, unlike last year. So from this point on, I think you're going to learn less and less about how these teams could really perform. Uh, it's funny how the Eagles always they always play the Jets in the fourth preseason game, and uh, it's usually played in Philadelphia. I usually try to find somebody to pawn off the tickets to to, to give them away, but uh, this year. Uh, we're going to be watching to see if Tim Tebow might be actually playing a quarter or two for the Jets. And being big Tebow fans, we might go out just to see Tebow play against a bunch of scrubs. Probably Tread Edwards will be playing the whole game for the Eagles. And uh, the Eagles will be smart to not play Michael Vick at all. Again, the big story today out of Philadelphia, out of New England, is that uh, Michael Vick got hurt in the fourth quarter. He was, he was slated to play three quarters. And instead, only uh, he only played a portion of the first quarter. He again um, had the option A, B, C, and D. A was throw the ball away. B, run out of bounds. Three, slide at four, try to throw it downfield and be exposed and get injured. And unfortunately, Michael Vick selected D. So, um, you know, the whole the whole Eagle season rides on Vick's health, and uh, he's been knocked out of two successive games. So. Um, a lot of reason to to be worried. Uh, Nick Foles you know, looks like an adequate backup. Mike Kafka doesn't have a big league arm, and uh, you know it looks like you know. I'm just not sure that you could uh, you could change um, a player's makeup the way the way he approaches the game after so many years. So. Um, we're going to be watching. We're going to be reporting back. Stay tuned. We're out of time for this segment. We'll be back in three minutes. And get ready for some sports medicine topics. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm here with Spencer the Wizard Grossinger. We're now going to focus in on today's events. The NCAA and Mike Emmert have levied the most extensive 
series of penalties against any university in history. A $60 million sanction. A four-year bowl ban, postseason ban, and a vacation, which we should point out means a removal, not any kind of vacation, but a removal of all the wins of Penn State, Joe Paterno, dating back to 1998. That means 111 wins are removed from Coach Paterno's dossier. And therefore, they wanted to prove a point. Rather than letting go, letting him go down in history as the number one winningest coach, he's now going to be, he's dropped to number 12. And this is in the wake of Jerry Sandusky being convicted of 45 counts of child sex abuse last month. So, the evidence is in. Lewis Free, former FBI head, investigated thousands of documents and emails and concluded that Penn State was guilty of concealing critical facts relating to Sandusky's child abuse from authorities. He specifically pointed the finger at Joe Paterno, at the Board of Trustees, and essentially this free report said that Penn State had decentralized and uneven oversight of compliance issues. They had violated laws, regulations, policies, and procedures. And therefore, this Penn State scandal dwarfed other scandals, such as the Reggie Bush scandal, taking money, the Ohio State trading memorabilia for cash and tattoos. It also resulted in bulb bans and loss of scholarships. The money that would be that will be paid by Penn State will be going to uh, uh, essentially to support uh, child welfare and, uh, and charities in that regard. It's not as if the NCAA is going to get a direct direct cash payout. I think we all would frown upon that. And uh, the question is, how is this going to affect the program at Penn State? Would they have been better to get the proverbial death penalty? One year of no football and then start all over again, or essentially four years of losing many scholarships, losing money, and being precluded from going to the Bulls. Bill O'Brien's the new coach, left the Patriots to help you know, start a new regime. And Penn State is purged virtually all of the uh, characters involved in the Sandusky uh, situation of child abuse. So, Spencer, what are your thoughts? How will this affect the program? How long will this keep Penn State down? How many people will transfer? What will be the effects of today's rulings? Well, this, it's very tough. I mean, the NCAA, you know, is doing the right thing, and they're being the good guys in this case. Um, you know, no one can achieve the main goal, and no one can take back all the horrible actions that Jerry Sandusky did to those innocent children. And Joe Paterno... Um, for 12 years from 1998 to 2010 which might be 14 13 years maybe even more than 12 um, he knew what was going on with Jerry Sandusky and he didn't stop it so his legacy will be tarnished because child abuse is no joke defenseless children and just a horrible action of violent act and, and Joe Paterno knew what was going on 
and he thought it was best to not mention it just because of a game that he decides to coach instead of thinking about innocent children that, you know, are defenseless. So, um, this whole situation is just such a debacle, and uh, it, it's really horrible because so many victims of children abused in this situation. Um, I think Penn State, I think that for this upcoming class, it shouldn't be their fault. There's only a couple people to blame here, and unfortunately the, these people are in such high authority figures like Joe Paterno was the head football coach and Sandusky was a an assistant to the football team and football Penn State is, is bigger than is is almost bigger than anything you know Joe Paterno is one of the top five people in the state of Pennsylvania and when you think of Penn State you think of Joe Paterno because of his motivational talks and because he's the head football coach and football is very big Big Ten football um so I think it's not fair to punish the upcoming class because it's not their fault and to punish assistant coaches that didn't have anything to do with it. So I think that um, putting them out of the bowl for four years is, is fine instead of suspending them for a whole year because really uh, Penn State is a good university. It has been for a while and you shouldn't punish this Big Ten team um, that much. In giving them in giving them a suspension, and I think that Penn State will be okay because they will get athletes that are committed to changing the culture, and they will get athletes that have high character. Because athletes that have mediocre that have average character will say, "I'm not going there." Um, and well, this is the norm. The norm would be for an athlete to say, "I'm not going there." It's too hard to focus there because of everything that has gone on there, and you won't be playing for championships. And I just you know want to go to the pros and play for national championships and I don't want to be in such a pressure-packed situation in such a depleted university. So I think they'll get high-character guys and they'll be all right. Well, I agree. Um, just a terrible thing. It's not fair. If you did the death penalty, you basically pull the rug out from the recruits, the existing players. The fact is, Penn State is an excellent university. We, uh, we're talking about colleges and jobs in the state of Pennsylvania. If you look, number one on the list is Penn State. Uh, of all the colleges, and Philadelphia has more colleges than Boston actually spent. So the graduates of Penn State are number one at getting jobs. They get great jobs. It's a great university. It's a great college experience. It's certainly no fault of any of the students at Penn State what happened with Jerry Sandusky. And uh, most of them were young children themselves when, when a lot of this abuse went down. So, obviously, the university has uh, has cleaned house. They fired Grab Spanier. And essentially, everybody uh, associated with the Sandusky regime, regime is gone. And uh, the fact is that if there's, if there's a player who's worthy of being in the pros, they're still going to play in the Big Ten. We see players Division Two, II, Division Three. Pro players, you know, get noticed, get drafted, and can play in the NFL. So uh, if there are players who, who believe they're NFL worthy, they choose to stay at Penn State to honor their commitment. I think it's a great thing. Alternatively, you know, the kids of one college career, if their parents or they feel just uneasy about the situation, there will be transfers. And uh, without the ability to go to a bowl, I, I believe that the program will, will likely uh, 
not have even a 500 record. I think it's, they're going to have a losing record. And that's really built into this penalty, that they not experience victory and not celebrate it and uh, experience uh, you know, what's intended to be a disgrace of uh, just a horrible situation. Right. Um, I think that also Penn State can't play in the Big Ten championship. I mean, still in the Big Ten, there's a lot of rivalry games. So, you know, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Indiana. There's still some games out there that are that they'll really get up for. But you're right. You know, I think that the average kid will say this is such a depleted university. This smells nothing but trouble. And I just want to have a regular college experience in a normal university. And I don't want to go there because of what has happened. Um, and that's understandable. So it'll probably be four years of the dark ages for Penn State football. You know, I agree with you. You know, uh, I don't think there'll be a ton of success there. And uh, the Penn State fan base, I mean, if you, I mean, I, I follow Penn State football a little bit. Um but but so many people from this area really follow it, and it might be a little bit hard for the real Penn State fans to get up for this, for these upcoming seasons because um, you don't have a chance to achieve greatness and to bring home a national championship to Beaver Stadium or any bowl championship, even a Holiday Bowl or you know even a low key bowl. You don't have the chance to win. So um, you know that the psyche uh, of an athlete. The motivation might definitely be lacking as a fan and as a player. It's just inevitable. Um, so, you know, that's just normal. You can't blame it on anybody. That's the way it is. You know, you and I report and follow on a lot of sporting events. But in my lifetime, I can't remember a bigger fall from grace than Joe Paterno. Literally coached, if you look at as an assistant coach and head coach at Penn State, coached 55 years at Penn State you know 55 years he was revered and certainly there's no argument that he did a lot of great things in his life a lot of kids graduated from Penn State when they did not from other schools he really focused on education he built a library gave his family gave millions of dollars and uh, but this uh, this scandal these allegations against Joe Paterno, you know, he seemed like a guy who would live forever. He reminds me of Ronald Reagan. You know, Ronald Reagan never had any gray hair and uh, just seemed like he was going to live forever. Paterno was coaching into his 80s. He was kind of like the ever-ready uh, bunny. He he would break his hip. You know, he would get sick. He, he'd coach from the press box. And, uh, you know, I just remember, you know, Growing up, and I remember, you know, years ago, as a kid, you know, 35 years ago, Joe Paterno was a legend, and he has been a legend, and this, it all came crashing down. They removed his statue from the university. They've now removed 111 games and relegated him to out of the top 10, and it's truly a... uh a tragic situation, and uh, a lot of my Penn State friends and their rabid fans, as you notice, um, just are uh, just are sick about the whole situation and, and embarrassed, you know, for the university. I just want to give you a lot of credit, Bruce. That was a great piece that you just said there on Joe Paterno, putting him really in perspective. And you know, it, it's it's so it was so incredible what what happened because 
you know, you go back to five years ago. Even when I was a kid, I knew Joe Paterno since I was about three years old. And if there was like, if I could pick 10 names of guys that I would think would be the most innocent human beings in the world, I'd put Joe Paterno on that list. Kids' faces light up when they see Joe Paterno. He was, he was a hero. He was a god. Joe Paterno was, was bigger than Penn State, you know, himself. And, uh, Joe, Joe Paterno, um, just seemed like such an innocent guy. He seemed like such a great motivational speaker. He just seemed like such a class act all around. Everyone rooted for him. Everyone loved Joe Paterno. Kids went to Penn State because of Joe Paterno. So Joe Paterno, for that to happen, he's like the most innocent guy in the world. And for him to come out in this flashing light, this evil, this this side of him that just is a very poor, poor character, Joe Paterno. Who knows? Maybe he was. Maybe since he was older, you know, because I think he died when was he eighty years old? So maybe when he was sixty-eight years old, when Sandusky took over and did these horrible things, maybe he was too old really to put things in perspective. But still, I'm not really giving him an out there. I think that Joe Paterno has lived a great life. I think he's done mostly great things in his career, um, and I think most of his life has been lived in true character and true form. And probably a lot of sources told Paterno not to, you know, go and um, snitch on Sandusky. Or not to snitch. Snitch is a really wrong word there. To tell and be courageous and to help out the situation. Not to snitch, but to be a hero and to defend the honor of those kids. Um, But, you know, this, this action will definitely hit his legacy. But I'd say most of his life has been a great success and he is still... He most of his life he's been a great man, but with these past twelve years, it really was poor character, you know. Well, you know Joe Paterno is old school, and again, there's some parallels to the uh, controversy of the Catholic Church and the priests, how the the archdiocese would uh, would protect the priests, they would move them around rather than uh, leaving them open to public ridicule, and Paterno's old school, and. I think he was trying to protect his friend. You know, he, he viewed Sandusky as a friend, and it was wrong, definitely wrong. The idea of just keeping it in the shadows and not bringing it out uh, is not the way it's going to be handled in the future. And uh, Penn State, you know, th- there should be a lesson, you know, through, through it all, throughout the whole NCAA. Uh, Bernie Fine was a coach for the uh, Syracuse Orangemen. And he was lucky in a way that his alleged offenses, similar child abuses, abuse actually, singular, are, uh, you know, protected by statute of limitations. It just happened too long ago where he said Dusky was not. And so uh, it's just a terrible chapter in the, in the history of the NCAA in Penn State University. I believe, though, that with the new regime, new morals, great, great kids through and through, you know, great people attending this, you know, the school and a wonderful legacy of, of students and academics, which will not, in my view, be deterred. Uh, everybody's going to move on. So uh, this has been a sobering, you know, certainly one of our most sobering uh, episodes of Bruce's Sports Talk, dealing with concussions for two segments. Want, we lighten things up just a bit on the U, on the British Open. Took you out. Talking about uh, Ernie Els and Adam Scott, Tiger Woods, and then back to Penn State. You know, dominant theme. 
Uh, stay tuned. We're out of time for this segment. We'll be back in three minutes. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports dr bruce grossinger is a board certified neurologist and managing partner of grossinger neuropain specialist serving the philadelphia and wilmington delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine pain management interventional spinal surgeries and occupational medicine dr bruce is the director of the national sports concussion program and works as a senior medical advisor for the national high school coaches association We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the newest segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We were talking about migraine headaches before and other headaches, and now let's talk about treatment. There's two types of treatment we do in the field of neurology. Firstly, it's called abortive treatment, which means we prescribe a medicine that will take away the headache. And secondly, for patients who have an unacceptable amount of headaches, we could use preventative medicine, which is called prophylactic treatment. There's a class of medicines called triptans. And what they do is these medicines stimulate the serotonin S2 receptor. And by doing that, they help people who are experiencing migraine headaches. There's a bunch of different names of them. The first one that came on the market several years ago was called Imitrex, otherwise known as Sumatriptan. There's several other ones. It's a drug called Relpax. It's also quite good. It's fast-acting, low side effect profile. There's also Maxalt, which comes in pills, and also a sublingual delivery where a patient basically puts the pill under their tongue and it dissolves. There's a new class of medicine, which is called Cambia, which is a dissolvable diclofenac, and it tastes like mint. You basically... Feel the headache, you open up the pack, and you, you, you throw it into a cup of water and, and drink it down. And it also has a different mechanism than the triptans, but it's, it's quite good for acute migraines. We also use combination analgesics such as Furacet, Motrin, Naproxen, 
although those medicines are not specific for migraine and are usually less effective than the triptad class of medications. When we talk about medicines to prevent migraines, we could go into a different class, which is called the beta blockers, and the most common drug is called Indorol. Indorol is otherwise known as propanolol, and that drug is very helpful in altering the membrane potential of the brain and preventing migraines from coming. The problem with Indorol is it has certain side effects. It could slow the heart down, and it is absolutely contraindicated. That means cannot be used in patients that have any asthmatic problems or diabetic problems. Also, in your highly trained athletes who use target heart rate as a barometer for exercise, use of Indorol for preventing migraines will actually diminish the target heart rate. And the drug also can be used for cardiac conditions to help optimize the uh, efficiency of the cardiac muscle. But obviously, that's not why we're using it. We're using Indorol to prevent headaches. Side effects of Indorol? Sleepiness is the one we see the most. Other medicines to prevent migraine include Depakote. Depakote is an anticonvulsant medicine, which is called valproic acid. Quite effective, even at low doses of 250 milligrams twice daily. Go up to 500 milligrams twice daily. And this medicine has rare but definite side effects. If you have a patient who tends to gain weight, especially a female, I would stay away from Depakote because weight gain is not something that patients will appreciate as a side effect. There's also rare tremors. So if a patient is started on Depakote and they have hand tremors, little tremors, you should recognize that as a side effect, which is totally reversible. Go ahead and stop the medicine. Another factor is patients that have liver problems, liver dysfunction, hepatitis, abnormal liver function studies. Those people should not be given Depakote because Depakote is highly metabolized by the liver. So as a doctor, we have to look at our choices, look at an individual patient, and find out what medicine will be most useful, most efficacious, and also stay away from medicines that could be potentially harmful such as giving Depakote to a patient with hepatitis. Definitely to be avoided. Another very good medicine, very prominent medicine, is called Topiramax or Topamax. This can be prescribed once, twice daily, anywhere from 25 to 150 milligrams. And this medicine is great for preventing migraine headaches. Side effects, there's some, there's certain rare people who feel that they have some slowing, some cognitive slowing, and there's some data to show that there's a subtle slowing effect, inhibitory effect on cognitive function. But the vast majority of people who take Topamax tolerate it well, function well, and note a reduction in their migraine headaches. How do we treat muscle contraction headaches? Well, we use muscle relaxers, and a bunch of them include Xanaflex, uh, Soma, Flexeril. We also use combination analgesics, such as Furacet, Estric Plus, 
And the one thing you have to watch out about is when people have headaches almost every day and they're literally taking pills every day, one could develop what they call an analgesic rebound headache. That is, the body, the brain, tends to upregulate the receptors and the people could have ongoing headaches which are just due to medication abuse or overuse. And that's a tough situation because we have to gradually cut down their abortive medicines and usually move towards prophylactic medicines. Finally, there's a class of drugs called the tricyclic antidepressants for which amitriptyline, nortriptyline are in the class. They're also used to prevent and reduce the number of migraine headaches. Another good side effect is they also treat depression secondarily. So if you have somebody with depression and migraines, you could use a tricyclic antidepressant, and many of these are generic and inexpensive, such as abitriptyline, nortriptyline, and are quite useful with respect to preventing headaches. When the patients come in, we ask them to show us their headache diary. That means, when did the headache start? When did it stop? Describe the character of the headache. What medications did you take? Is there any foods or any activities that promote or provoke the onset of, of headaches? So when we see them, we review the headache diaries. We take a look at the medicines and see if we're really impacting on their disease. Are we really helping them or not? Are the side effects worth the positive effects from medicines? And the good news is that most headaches are benign, 99%. And most patients who come under the care of a good neurologist will see some benefit by virtue of reduction in headaches, reduction in frequency, uh, lost time of work will be diminished. So any of you who are with the sound of our voice, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, we have a full staff at a full headache center here in Ridley Park, Pennsylvania, and also a full staff in Wilmington, Delaware. And we can treat your headaches. So I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger. You'll want to call us in Pennsylvania at 610-521-6063 or in Delaware, 302-636-0920. And as for Dr. Bruce Grossinger, tell him you heard this segment on headaches and you feel like you could do better than you are. And again, we take all, everybody, including the Delaware Physicians Care, essentially the Medicaid patients, Medicare, HMO, you name it, our belief is if you have a problem, you deserve to see a doctor, and we'll be happy to see you. Well, we actually have a live patient. Her name's Madeline, and uh, she suffers from migraines. So, Madeline, uh, how long have you suffered? How old are you? I'm 24. How long have you suffered from migraines? Over five years. Okay. Uh, briefly, what, what, tell us what a migraine is like for you. Migraine is an excruciating pain where I can't even be any around any light or sound or any sense of any kind of smell at all. It makes me nauseous. It's awful. So uh, you're treating here at Grossinger Neuropaid Specialist. I understand that you were prescribed and received Cambia, which is one of the medicines that we uh, mentioned. Certainly we uh, want to mention that we received no undue uh, 
advertising dollars from Cambi. It just happens to be a new product that has a different mechanism. What it is, it's dissolving diclofenac. And also, it was found that you had an occipital trigger. That is, many people with migraines have their nerves in the back of their head. They become swollen, engorged, and tender. And they're amenable to what we call trigger point injections of the occipital nerves. So it's very convenient for us because we're going on air today that Madeline can tell us about, firstly, the injections, and secondly, the response to the medicine she received here at Gross Gordora Pain. Well, when I got the injection, it instantly took away the neck, the throbbing in my neck. It was the most craziest thing I've ever felt ever for a migraine to go away that fast. And I had a little bit of throbbing in my temples still, but they gave me Cambia. I dissolved that in a small amount of water. Taste wasn't that great, but it took the rest of my headache away completely i have i'm gonna have a great day now i thought i was gonna have an awful day and now i'm ready to roll so there it is uh another satisfied customer madeline um as i said is a great lady there's so many of you out there at radio land in our listening audience across the great us of a who suffer from migraine headaches and a lot of times you watch the commercials you're taking the the, whatever it is, the, the flavor of the month, whether it's Tylenol or aspirin, just because it has migraine in the name doesn't mean it works specifically for migraine. That's a marketing ploy. So if you've got a real problem, you need to see a real doctor. And if you're within the sound of our voice, if you could drive to us, uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware. We love helping people. The show is, is designed to promote awareness with respect to health and sports injuries. But because headaches are so common and pervasive, we felt that it was worth devoting a segment to headaches. So, again, we want to thank Madeline for her contribution to the show. We want to thank all the listeners for listening to Bruce the Sports Doc across the Voice America Network. We want to thank Mr. Ray Ellis, who's our esteemed sports director, and most importantly, the man who makes it all possible, Mr. Michael Mitchell, our director of production, who's kind enough to receive our, uh, our segments oftentimes at the last moment, like this one, where we had an opportunity to get a real live migraine patient. And uh, we appreciate all the great work that's done at Voice America. We hope you guys are enjoying us, whether you're listening to us on air, 5 to 6 Eastern. Or whether you're just lagging on to Bruce the Sports Doc for podcasts. I want to thank all the listeners. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope it was uh, something you're interested in. And in the future, you can look forward to more you know, discussion about sports medicine, concussions, more in-depth analysis, more interviews. So, again, I want to thank Ray Ellis, our sports director, Voice America Sports, Michael Mitchell, our production director, and thanks again for listening to Bruce the Sports Doc. We'll be back next week with a new show. This is Dr. Bruce Grossinger signing off. Remember, play it safe and don't come in second place. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then.